This is a Founding Media Podcast, produced at Austin Community College District. Welcome back to Science in the Mall, y'all, with me, Dan Dillard, and my co-host and ABI director, Nancy Lyon. This is a fun episode because we're joined by two more former ABI interns who worked at the incubator together at the same time. Mike DeLisi and Amanda Brown share how their unique journeys through life led them to ACC and how they found the internship opportunity at the ACC Bioscience Incubator. They also share how changes in life help us find and follow our passions and explain how their experiences at ABI gave them an edge over other applicants in the job market once they graduated, even while they held an associate's degree and a sea of applicants with bachelor's degrees. They talk about the importance of learning how to troubleshoot, think critically, and get comfortable with failure, and even give us some tips about how to secure a job interview when you're applying right out of school. Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to the show. You guys doing okay this morning? I'm uh, a little under the weather, but all, all in all, doing just fine. Technically, we're not morning anymore, Dan. Uh, well, that's true. Oh, man. It feels like it. I, I can see why you thought that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's another sunny day in it's, Florida. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's even less morning for you, Amanda. Yes. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about today's show. A, a lot of things that you guys have been uh doing over the last few years really is intriguing. I want to go get into it. So I want to just ask, throw a question out there. When were you guys interns at ABI? Ooh, uh, I started before ABI even opened. Um, Time is a flat circle, so I do not remember when. (laughs) So it would have been early January, maybe even December for the previous year. Sometimes. We were on the semester schedule, so it wasn't fall. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think I started in June of 2017. Did you guys work at, uh, together at any point? Absolutely. Yeah, the summer of 2017 into the fall, um, Mike and I did work together. Nice. I want to hear about that experience. Can you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Um, it was really smooth and easy. Uh, I remember just the any time that Amanda and I needed to collaborate on something it just happened to work out well um and if we were working independently we got things done it was just like she was she was definitely one of my favorite interns that I worked with there I know there were several times so we had like different projects and I had um work with one of the companies and he was always there if I ever had any like instrument questions. And so I really liked going to him for questions and Mike, please help me because I don't know what to do. Where do I find this information? So he was And what really... I didn't tell her at the time is I didn't know what to do either, but I figured it out. <laughs> Let's Google. He's a good faker. It is true yeah. that they were two different positions. Like most of the students we hired were really to take care of the, uh, the equipment and stuff. And Amanda had a unique one where we had a company that had a, a supplemental fund in their grant to fund a project. And so it paid us to help them do research. And so we hired Amanda as an actual researcher for this company. But it happened to coincide, obviously, with the other students that were there working on the kinds of things Mike was working on. Really cool. I want to back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about the path to getting to ACC. You guys want to share a little bit about how you got to ACC and what led you to ABI? I know that um, the semester 
before my internship, they always led you in the direction of filling out resumes and applying for internships. And because the program is extremely close to the the incubator being under the same um, community college in Austin, it was something that they pushed for applying. And so um, several people applied and we interviewed and that's how I got in. Uh, I got into ACC uh, because I was originally going to finish a degree in linguistics that I had started wow. about a decade prior. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it it kind of never ended up being a thing. And I switched majors. I changed horses midstream uh, and, and got into biotech instead because it seemed like a better option. Wow, that's interesting. Let me know. I mean, how, how did that journey change from linguistics to science? That's uh, like a pretty big jump. So when I was uh, when I was in high school, I did Running Start, which is a program in Washington State where they do where they, they let you take college courses instead of going to junior and senior year of high school. And so I did that, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to take the opportunity, and I took a bunch of classes for languages and things like that. And by the time I graduated high school, uh, I was most of the way to finishing a degree in linguistics. Um, but, uh, I never, I never completed it and went into the workforce and did a bunch of odd stuff and, you know, eventually got really dissatisfied with what I was doing for a living and went back to school and just wanted to complete the degree I had, but I didn't really have any kind of actual plan for it. And then... Yeah. <laughs> for everybody, not you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then during one of my, I, I had to take a, a science course. I think it was called Science of Life. During that course, a representative from the biotech um, department came in and did like a, you know, a presentation and showed us stuff. And all of the things that I really enjoyed about the science course were all of the things that she was talking about in biotech. So I was like, biotech it is you know so there there was a big gap there in terms of like you're saying that you did this in washington and all of a sudden you're at acc yes uh i moved to texas in (laughs) 2006 and uh worked uh, a random series of jobs for about six or seven years and then i went to acc gotcha Witness protection program had you not wanting to talk about that. I apologize. Yeah, I've, I've led a, a, a very storied life. There's, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Amanda? What was your journey like? So I had different careers in my 20s and it just wasn't as fulfilling. And so in my 30s, I decided that I would go back to school and I've always liked science. Um, and so it just intrigued me. And when meeting with the counselors at ACC, they were talking about um, these programs that they had and and that biotech was really hands-on and that is where I wanted to be. So I started the program and I worked my way through it. It's less less mm-hmm. fun as Mike's. <laughs> I was searching oh, for it. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't tell us about all the previous careers, so I'm not sure that that's actually true. <laughs> yeah, you just glossed over that. I did. I mean, was it just a, was it a big change in mindset though? Like, you know, I mean, it's from one direction to the other. Yeah. So I had a lot of family situations that happened over the years that um, kind of kept me out of education and. And so, like, I have so much experience in different fields of 
of work. <laughs> like I've worked at restaurants, of course, a lot of, you know, college kids have, I've worked at a credit union. I've worked at Lowe's. I've managed firework stands. I've managed a Christmas tree farm. Um, and yeah. so survival was a really big chunk of my life. Um, for about mm-hmm. 10 years, I would say just life situations. I did what I had to do to survive. And coming out of that, I was a really broken person and looking for something that I could provide for my family because I decided when my daughter was born that I was going to choose the best life possible for us. And, um, my family's really stood behind me without them. I would not have ever been able to finish school. And so, um, they really pushed me and I went, you know, found the program that really fit my, my passion and what I really wanted to do. And even at the end, I remember this, the sec, the semester, um, right before my last semester, I was talking to my family and I just told them, I can't do this anymore. I'm worn out. I have this one year old child and I just, I can't do it anymore. I'm worn out. And they said, no, I don't care what you have to do, but you're going to finish this. And I mean, obviously I'm really grateful for that because look where I am now. (laughs) Family motivation. That's, that's awesome. I think, I think that is, thank you for sharing that both of you. Uh, I think that's really important because everybody starts somewhere and we don't know where we're going and we have to make changes and shifts throughout our lives. So, and everybody's experience is different, but yeah, at some point the passion gets a hold of you and, and you figure out this is what I, what I want to do. So that's really cool. So I, uh, how about the um, ABI experience? How did that prepare you for the workplace? Uh, in my case, I think the most important thing I took away uh, from my time at ABI was the confidence to just kind of throw myself at something I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Highly encouraged. Got a lot of breezes doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yes. Um, ABI was really great because it was a safe place to potentially mess up yeah. things, you know, that you that you didn't know how to do necessarily. Like we would, we would do, you know, maintenance on machines that cost as much as I made in a year. And, you know, I've, I've, I have no idea what I'm doing with this thing, but. <laughs> and it was so encouraged. Uh, I mean, like the supervisors there and just everyone that you worked with, it's like, it's okay to try, you know, and, and if you have a thought about something and, and you have an idea, let's, let's explore it. Don't be afraid to explore and look up things and, you know, let's start a new project. You think this is going to work? Let's do it. And so that mm-hmm. kind of mindset was highly encouraged and it allows you to kind of think freely that's really cool because most of how the world works that way, we don't necessarily, as we forge towards the future, we don't necessarily know the path. We just got to go out there and get it done. And sometimes it's, I think school, like in high school and just, just going through uh, the system, it prepares us to get graded and, and somebody has to tell if it's been done right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in life, it's not like that. In life, it's like, you don't know which decision is going to lead to a better path or not. So uh, trying to change is, is, or making sure you are open to change and open to trying things is super important. So that's, I keep hearing that same, uh, comment out of API, which is just allowing people to explore, which is very cool. It's yeah. also something that you don't teach in classes, right? You take a lab class and you go through this thing and then you run out of time or it didn't work and they go, okay, well, this is what it would have looked like. Okay. Let's go on to the next one, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, 
in in a real life workplace, especially like a research lab, if it doesn't work, you don't what what you were doing was making the thing you need for the next thing. So like if it didn't work, you can't move on. You have to go back and do it again and figure out what went wrong. Exactly. And that's the reality of it that they don't teach in classes. And it's really hard often to convince people up. They're like, oh, but you told me to do this and it didn't work. It's like, yeah, do it again. Maybe, maybe you just forgot to put one of the things in. You know, it's really hard to to figure out and to learn how to troubleshoot things if you only get to try it once. It's really important to be able to try it until you find some kind of answer because that teaches you, okay, well, I thought this way would work, but it didn't. So I was able to then, you know, go find some answers and try this and it worked and this is why it worked. And so it teaches critical thinking and the ability to troubleshoot, whereas in a classroom, you can't really gain that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that way, Nancy. How you were putting it? It's, it's, I'm thinking back to like testing. When you go get a, when you go uh, study uh, for a certain amount of period, then you have a test, and the test has A, B, and C and D answers, and you get one right or wrong, and then you move on. You don't have to sit there and test and retest and retest until you get it right. And that's that's part of the process that we actually have to do in in life is kind of you know keep testing until we get it right versus knowing what the answer is. So that's that's really cool. Absolutely. Do you feel it reflected in your lives? Like, do you feel like you guys know how to like live a better life because of this skill? (laughs) Being at the bioscience incubator changed my life. (laughs) It should be transferable true, though. What about the ACTA machine? I want to learn more about that. Oh, the ACTA. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. So my first experience with the ACTA was at uh, the bioscience incubator, the ACTA Pure, which is a uh, 25, yep, 25 liter. liter a minute or some 25 mil a minute or some, some, something like that. It's an ACTA 25. Will you, t- will you describe what it is for the audience? Absolutely. Thing? It's a little box about the size of like a, an old CRT computer monitor or something. And it's a, a pump essentially that has a whole array of a lot of very sophisticated sensors built into it. And so you, you pump things through it and uh, it'll tell you, you know, what the pH is, what the conductivity is, what the UV is on it. And it, it tells you a whole bunch of scientific data about what you're pumping through it. And uh, it allows you to perform uh, it's, it's an FPLC. So uh, fast protein liquid chromatography. Um, and it's a really handy dandy little machine and it runs off of, um, a software called unicorn, which is really great. Um, but, (laughs) but, uh, it looks very complicated and intimidating. Um, and it was probably the machine that I had to teach other people how to use the most at, ABI, and that meant I had to learn how to use it as well, because uh, it's me. a very useful machine. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? Could you go in there and play with it now if you had to, Amanda? Oh, my. <laughs> I could play with it, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was that was my first experience with the ACTA at the, at the incubator there. So the one and we have is for researchers, right? It's kind of the scale that a researcher right. would use. You it's know, it's you the benchtop scale. Right, exactly. And I use uh, what is called an ACTA process at work now, and it's uh, it goes up to 2,000 liters uh, an hour, and it's enormous. It's the size of a car, and um, it's you know you you 
get this inch wide diameter tubing and plug it into the side of it to flush buffers through at frightening speeds. And it sounds like a train <laughs> driving by and it's really intimidating and impressive and, and it's great. And it's basically the exact same machine. It's just scaled up. And so, yeah, I think ours are four millimeter tubing. Right. They're, they're, they're like peak tubing, itty, itty bitty. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the skills that I learned messing around with the, the ACTA and, uh, teaching other people to use it as best as I could uh, at ABI was one of the most important things for me getting my job that I have now working for XBiotech. So what you wow. use this thing for, and I, Mike can go into the details, but basically, um, you know, what they do in this, in, you know, how do you make insulin, right? People buy insulin to, you know, for their diabetic situation. How do you do that? You can make like bacteria, you could stick the gene for insulin in bacteria and every time it replicates, it makes a copy of it. And so bacteria replicate every 20 minutes and at like millimil, you know, huge numbers of them. And so you can get tons and tons and tons and tons of insulin made, but then you still have to get it away from the rest of the bacteria, right? You have to lyse the bacteria and get rid of all the, they make their own proteins too and their own DNA and their, you know, so there are ways to get it out of there because you don't want all the other junk. And so these, this pump that he's talking about basically will, um, you, know, you run it through these different chromatography columns. So you can say, okay, sort out all the things bigger than this size. Okay, we know our protein is negatively charged. So let's get rid of all of the positively charged things. Okay, we need it. We also know it's this. And you can have all these different types of purification steps to get down to your final thing, all but nothing else. Mm -hmm. So customizable filter. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a great summation of it. Absolutely. I had Very a cool. really Very cool, cool. Um, I don't know what you would call it, like a story that <laughs> I'm a very visual person. And so I'm like, how would I explain something like this to somebody that has no idea like what science means? And so I thought of a vegetable beef soup that has hamburger meat, peas, carrots, green beans in it. It has maybe some tomato sauce, chicken broth, salt and pepper, and some seasonings. And so I, I imagined like a assembly line of people with different tools. And like you would think of each person as its own little chromatography column. And one person has tweezers where they're picking out only the carrots. And so it's like an affinity to where it only likes to pick out the carrots. And then the next person um, – is a column that like, let's say the peas were positively charged and everything else was negatively charged. And so the next person has a magnet and only pulls out the negatively charged um, stuff. So you're left with carrots and the broth. And so the next person has a filter where it filters out tomato sauce. And so you end up with, or, and then you can like even go through a, a size exclusion to where they have like a colander that only certain items of size can fit through. Maybe that size is for the peas. And so anything that is bigger than a pea would stay. And so at the end, you end up with your peas, your chicken broth, and salt. And that would be like your drug of product would be the peas, and it's going to cure your disease. So, <laughs> I right. just had a funny – That's a and great the chicken broth one. and the salt <laughs> can go along with it. It's, it's not harmful. It's just a delivery method. Yeah. That was a wonderful illustration. I really – I was thinking about it as you were, as you were talking about <laughs> and that. And everyone's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a, an excellent analogy. I'm pretty sure peas are negatively charged. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody who's been in manufacturing would know that. <laughs> but so you know, translating that to what Mike's doing now, you know, out in the world, we, we, we need 
just a little bit of leverage. And if it's that one thing and it, it turns out that, that that that's why I was so curious about the actor machine, because it seems like that's been that leverage for some people. So that's yeah, cool. I mean, there's there's a, a bunch of companies out there and, you know, everybody knows how to use a, a pipette and things like that. But there's a lot of them that need people who know how to use a very specific device. And if you can learn how to do it, it's your foot in the door. And the Acta seems to be one of them uh, around here anyway. Around here anyway. And I think that's key is, um, you know, every city and every wherever has their own industries. And so, you know, the biotech program has actually been very strategic in going to the companies in town. Like they take tours and take the students over, but they are also like looking to see what instruments they're using. And they buy those instruments and teach them in the class so that the students can walk in there and go, I know how to run that. And I absolutely toured X Biotech through ACC before I started working there as well. <laughs> the edge that Mike has is more than just a button pusher. You know, a lot of people can be hired into manufacturing to, you know, program per the SOP and push buttons. But Mike has that edge of, okay, but if I push this button and something doesn't work the way it's supposed to, he can... He can provide input, and I know companies love that. Both of you have got an associate's degree, correct? Correct. Correct. Can you discuss how the associate's degree combined with the hands-on experience was actually helping you uh, to get the jobs that you currently have? Yeah. Um, the the associate's program at ACC for biotech is a, it's an excellent program, honestly, um, or at least it was when I took it. I, I can't speak for now. <laughs> but, <laughs> Probably uh, but uh it was uh it's it's an excellent program it's really comprehensive all of the the teachers there they're passionate about what they do they work in the industry they know their stuff and they're good at teaching it um and between that and all of the the ability to apply the things that i was learning in a real world well somewhat real world situation the bioscience incubator is a little surreal but um <laughs> uh, that that combined just kind of it it you know you can learn something in a class and then two or three years later you get the opportunity to actually utilize it and it's it's you know a distant memory but you know the the fact that i was able to kind of cement it in place by actually doing it uh really you know it, it gives you a leg up yeah, I know like the diversity of what you learn during the biotech program at ACC is, is astounding. You get your hands into a little bit of everything, whether it's cell culture, um, HPLC work, um, growing bacteria, and a little bit of troubleshooting. And so you have a, a wide range of skills that you're gaining through the program. Um, where I know I worked alongside uh, folks that had gone through just like um, a bachelor's or master's in in whatever field, and, and they may know like microbiology really well, but they have no experience whatsoever in cell culture. Or maybe they did cell culture and they have no idea how to grow bacteria. And so I know even though it's an associate's degree that we gained a lot, a very wide um, range of skills. There, there seems to be this connotation against just having an only associate's degree, but then you combine that with a hands-on experience at ABI, and that just seems to take things to a whole new level. So I was wondering if you were able, like when you're out in the job market, what your experiences were uh, only going out with the, with going out with both of those, with not only the associate's degree, but also 
the hands-on experience at ABI and if that had any you know, so, helped you or what your, what your experience is So there? I know with mine, the ability to have conversations, obviously during um, interviews, because that's where they get to make their decisions from, the ability to have some knowledge in all of the areas and then um, having hands-on saying, um, you know, when we did this experiment, then we had to do this. And, and I know um, a lot of the people that I've interviewed with were very impressed with not only the knowledge that we had, um, but how we addressed each experiment. And a lot of the positions that I've had um, in previous um, employers and even in my current one, I don't have basic like the minimum requirement. Um, but it's that extra experience that they're like, well, no, she may not have the minimum requirement to have this position, but sh- her experience and her history and how she applies her thinking, it, they, they call it equivalent. And so that's what gets me in the door. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's my experience as well. Like the, the actual degree, you know, the actual degree isn't, really all that big a deal it's it's the what what came with it all of the the experience and the the confidence to you know throw yourself into something new and the the wide variety of things that you can speak you know knowledgeably about because of your experience like just the fact that you have a degree of some kind isn't necessarily you know, going to impress anybody. But if you can sit there and talk to them about all these things that you've done and all these things that you know about, and they're, you know, they realize, oh, this, this person has, you know, a lot of the things that we want. That's, that's kind of, you know, the more important thing. So, but a lot of HR departments will read that out. They wouldn't even get you a chance to have that conversation, you know, and like they, you know, they just look and if it doesn't have the BS or the masters or whatever the heck they say, you don't get the interview. And so, you know, that's, I think a lot of, um, speaking for the, the biotech program, I think Linnea has done a really good job of like breaking down the wall and putting enough interns into these companies that they're like, Oh, okay, well we can, we can consider that. And especially if it comes directly from one of us, right? Like, Hey, trust me on this one. Um, but yeah, that's going to be the trick, right? How do you get people to see that? Like the new companies coming to town. Yeah. How do we get them to give you guys an interview? So I know when I applied at uh, Fujifilm Diocent in Texas, you always have this option to upload a cover letter. And I uploaded some recommendation letters from ACC professors. And um, I think that also helped too. And so that's one thing with the program there when I was there the the ratio was small and so you got to know everyone on a very intimate level and build some really positive relationships and I think that also helps carry you through thanks for joining us Mike and Amanda it's always inspiring to hear how challenges and pivots in life ultimately lead us back to our passions and it's insightful to learn about all the ways that an internship at a place like ABI can make all the difference in a real-world professional environment. Mike and Amanda started to give us a glimpse into what they're doing now since graduation, but you'll have to tune in to part two to get that whole story. Check out part two of this conversation in the next episode. Until then. 
This is a founding media production made in partnership with Austin Community College's Bioscience Incubator, which is the region's only wet lab space for Austin's growing bioscience industry.